What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest that you'd like to have on or a topic that you want covered, we're always checking comments on YouTube. I'd love to be able to take your guys' suggestions and then work them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Kyle Krepper. He owns Krepper Auto Sales in Kentucky, and I wanted to chat with him about tips for buying a used diesel truck. Had a lot of people recently that have asked about the uh, the ninety nine to 03 Super Duty, and so that's what we're going to focus on. But a lot of the things that we're going to chat about are going to apply to a Cummins Duramax, any year Power Stroke, um, and really our goal is if we were just you know doing a walk around of a truck, or um, you know we could pop the hood, go on a test drive, could we avoid buying you know a nightmare vehicle? Is there a way that uh, we can make sure we're just not buying someone else's problems? So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors who help make the podcast possible. Um, WP Developments, we've had those guys on the podcast a couple times. Love chatting with them. They're working on some really cool transmission stuff, whether it's 68 RFE or 4748 RE. Um, definitely make sure and head on over to wp-developments.com. Check them out. Um, we just did an episode about their full manual 68 RFE valve body, which is really cool. They've got a ton of solutions for you guys, um, regardless of what transmission you have. So definitely make sure and check them out. Also, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site wide code for you. Just use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. Great way to save some money, get some really cool gear for EDC, hunting, fishing. Um, yeah, just something to throw in a toolbox, work really hard. Their new Duralock models are really cool. I've got a couple of them. I love the way that they open the opening mechanisms, a bunch of different styles. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure and head on over, check them out, and use code 20diesel to save 20% off. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Kyle. I'm talking about tips for buying a used diesel truck. Kyle, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today, and I appreciate you reaching out to uh, be able to help us cover a topic I know a lot of people are going to be interested in, which is talking about a particular truck model, what you look for when you buy and sell them and uh, jumping into that. But to start, tell me a little bit about your, your business, yourself, um, you know, background with, uh, with diesel trucks, and then we'll really focus in on this particular model. I know a ton of people are interested in. Yeah, I'm Kyle, owner of Crupper Auto Sales. We're here, located here in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, my passion's been running in this industry for about 17 years now. Started out farming as a kid, a little ag community, and uh, flipping trucks, and it just kind of led into one day, I'm, had a bad day at the farm and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go open a car dealership. So <laughs> that's what I did. When I started, I couldn't afford any of these trucks in this market. So we were, uh, we were chatting a little bit beforehand about just the price of, of used diesel trucks and how much they've gone up. And then a bigger trend out there, which is people that have new ones going back to the older ones for a bunch of different reasons and just how that market is so high. And I, I kind of wanted to start there with, with the used truck market is why is it so high? Why are, why are we seeing prices just, you know, what you spill to get for 10 or 12 or 15,000 is now 25, 30, 35,000. Uh, well, part of the issue was, you know, when COVID hit, they couldn't get enough new trucks in there. So guys started buying used ones and then guys are going, well, I might as well just go back to that old seven, three or second gen, or, you know I mean? LBZ or something, you know I mean? They trucks they had in the past, they absolutely loved. And the market's just flooded. I mean, it's any clean truck right now, wholesale is bringing really good money. Any truck that even newer body style, that wheels, tires set up, that we call it front row ready, standing tall, you, they'll pay They'll pay way over wholesale for them. 
I mean, but they they're moving right now. Does, and even uh, in this market, I was just going to ask you: does it, mileage does mileage even factor into it at all, or is it just somebody wants an older truck and? I'll be honest. I sold a 0659 the other day with 400,000 miles. It was a manual and uh, sold in, I think, three weeks. Wow. I mean, that, that's moving a truck with a lot of miles. You know? <laughs> well, there's, I think it's really that simplicity of the older ones and the mileage you can put on them. And the aftermarket's so huge for them, too. So if something does go wrong, well, you can find tons of places to get an engine, transmission, clutch, turbo, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a 7.3 when I first started that, that I actually had almost 500,000 miles on. Truck, you know, I mean, you could tell it was starting to show its age a little bit, but it still ran out phenomenally. That that uh, third gen the other day I had run phenomenally. I mean, uh, you know, you get them in and you're kind of taking, you know, some of these trucks are actually buying as is from the auction with no guarantee, and you're like, yeah, but I mean, it looks clean. It looks like it's been taken care of. I'm going to throw the dice on this one. And 95% of the time, that truck will come in better. I've had older trucks come in better than newer trucks, which is, you know, I mean, it, it, you wouldn't think it's that way, but I mean, that 400,000-mile truck I had, I had no issues with it. I had an LML come in. It was supposed to be good. Everything was checked off on it. It was good. Head gaskets. <laughs> so. I don't remember I mean, I don't remember what I was watching, but somebody was talking about mileage and they said when they have, you know, you have one at 30,000, 40,000 miles and you have one at 150 or 175, the one that has higher mileage, somebody drove it and they like to drive it and it lasted that long. And sometimes some of those lower mileage ones can have either some issues or for some reason, you know, it, it just didn't get a lot of miles put on it. So and I think that's one of the reasons diesels are so <clears throat> appealing in the sense of, you know, you put two, three, four hundred thousand miles on one, you're not at the end of its service life, depending no. on maintenance and things like that. No, I mean, my, my father, he bought a new 13 LML off the showroom floor. It has 323,000 the other day when I was in it. Wow. And then I kept asking him when he was going to get rid of it. He said at 100,000 <laughs> and then 150. Now he's like, you know, I'm at 300. I'm going to make a half million miles on it. <laughs> So, I mean, the only issues he's had is, you know, I mean, the typical emissions issues. Uh, he did have a pump failure, like most of them, like Autumn did at the kind of mileage. Uh, but he's he's shooting for a half million miles with it. He's, he swears it's going to bury, bury it on the farm. I mean, he loves that truck. He may <laughs> love it more than he loves me. <laughs> well, we were, uh, we were talking about having a, a chat in – I had focused in on the power stroke side and one of the big ones that is still really popular seven three. So the 99 to 03 trucks. And I don't know a lot about them. I haven't owned one. I've driven one here and there, but I, I haven't been an owner. So I don't know the, the ins and outs and, and I've never shopped for one. What are some things that you look for if you're going to put a seven three on the lot that if someone out there is interested in that year range, they should look for either on a walk around or a test drive or something like that to be able to see, is this a good truck or what sort of things am I going to have to spend money on to, you know, bring it up to my standards or just make it reliable? Yeah. So I'm actually going to catch a lot of hate for these comments through, through <laughs> some of these. I mean, let's face it. The seven three is extremely, extremely reliable because it didn't have enough power to tear itself apart, but doesn't make it a bad truck. I mean, they're phenomenal vehicles. But one of the biggest issues that I actually see on these is the truck will rust around it. It's like an old Toyota. It will rust around it and the whole truck will be falling apart before the motor does. 
So you get, you know, normal rocker rust, normal uh, wheel well rust. But the one spot that nobody ever looks at is actually under the bed, the bed rails underneath. It's the one spot that never gets clean, never, you know, nobody ever touches. And I've seen a lot of these that you're like, oh, somebody's already fixed the rocker. Somebody's fixed the wheel wells. Well, that's fine and dandy. But if you go to stand in your bed and you fall right through it because it doesn't have any supports underneath of it, it's still, you know, I mean, you, just, you got a big hole in your bed now. So that's one of the biggest issues. Um, these are 20-some-year-old trucks. The seats are always ripped on the driver's side. If they have it, somebody's fixed it at least once. Um, you're getting oil leaks. One spot that the seven threes I've had that nobody ever looks, the valley. The valley always seems to catch, you know, I mean, everything in there. So I always suggest everyone always bring a flashlight and a magnet with them. And the magnets, the walk around, make sure that the body panels are actually metal and not bondo. And then check the, um, you know, check the valley. You use your senses when you're looking at a truck. I always say walk around three times before you even open the door on it. Open the door, smell it. See if it smells musty, moldy. I mean, there's, you know, you want to make sure that you're not getting into a problem. Climb underneath of it. I can't tell you how many I've looked at at the auctions that look clean on the outside. You get underneath the cab, there's holes in the cab. Pop the hood. Smell the, the, the oil. You know, a lot of people don't do that. Check the uh, transmission. Smell the transmission fluid. I mean, it's that is one of the biggest indicators of, you know, it's a 4R100, and there it's a big indicator of issues with that motor or with that transmission. But other than that, I mean, they're they're bulletproof. One of the things that's always scared me about a used truck, and I think of if I was looking for something that was last made in 2003, so I'm looking at 20 years old, is you look at the Carfax or some report like that, and it might show no accidents or anything like that. But do I really know? Um, you know, did did it get in a fender bender? Did something happen? Are there some other things like checking the gaps on the doors or other stuff that maybe you've seen when you look at it and says, oh, it's a clean title, no accidents. You know, it's had three or four owners. And you look at it and you're like, oh, something happened to this, you know, passenger door or you know, the bumper yeah. tailgate, something like that. Oh, you can all, the gaps. I'm glad you brought it up. So the gaps are always a great indicator of an accident because no matter what, how good your body shop is, it's generally just a little bit off. Nothing is as perfect as when it came out of the factory. Uh, hoods are always off. I actually had one that had a rebuilt title. And the guy's like, how do you know it's, it wasn't a flood truck? I said, I can walk up on it and tell. The hood just said, just, just a hair off. That front fender was just a hair off in the front door, but the rear passenger door on that side was fine. I was like, they hit it right here in this corner. And it was, it was evident. And he walked up, he seen it. And he's like, oh, you're right. You know, and you know, it's small things like that that make a big difference. And you want to make sure when you're buying these that you're not buying a problem because let's face it, it is a diesel truck. Parts are expensive. Nothing's cheap on anything anymore. And you know, you don't want to go get down the road and go, oh, I got to spend $3,000 in this truck to fix stuff that if I would have took an extra 10 minutes to look at, before I bought it, I would have known this was in there and I could have used that in my negotiations to work a better deal or walk away from it. That's one of the biggest things is expectations. Like, you know, you see this really clean truck, which I, I've seen some before, they're really clean, the paint's amazing. And then you look at the transmission fluid and it's got that darkish brown kind of color instead of that nice red to it. And you're like, well, you know, if you don't pick up on that, you could be in for, you know, transmission rebuild or you know, maybe there is a little bit of body damage, but you don't care. You, you can fix it or, you know, someone or, you know, it's just knowing about it before you purchase. It makes a huge difference for you get home and you're looking at it and you're like, 
why is that door off a little bit or why is the hood you know off just a a little worse <laughs> yeah and then it's like well, yeah, what like, else didn't they tell me what else don't i know and it and it's hard is you know and I, I started this dealership because i didn't like the way i was being sold to i don't like pressuring people and i try to be as honest with everything that i know is going on like i mean i have stuff out there now that i'm like hey look this this and this i mean i got a beautiful five nine the MV5600 in it, it's a little sloppy. You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, well, you know, this thing's tight. But those are issues that you should be aware of. And like I was saying earlier, if you spend just a little more time with them, that can save you down the road. Because, I mean, what's a transmission now? Probably four grand for one. I mean, depending on how big of a build you want to go. Yeah. And these are issues, uh, small leaks. I mean, uh, a rack and pinion leak can be a, make a big difference. I mean, it's... You know, it's small things like that that people have to look at. And I see a lot of customers don't spend the time. They literally, it's like they're in a hurry to get somewhere. I'm like, you're, you're spending fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 on some of these vehicles. And you're, and you're just like, all right, let's do this. I'm happy, you know, but they call it, they're happy when they're buying. They're ready to do this, you know, instead of going, hey, all right, let's check this. Let's check this. You know, grab that radiator hose. Make sure, you know, I mean, it's not tight, you know, and, no seven threes aren't known for head issues, but I, I buy a lot of six O's, you know, and other things can have head issues. Small details like that can stop you from getting burned on one that you didn't, you wouldn't have known until down the road. I like to, I like to be able to get like three things. I know there's probably like 25 or 30 or 40 things somebody should look for, but when you're chatting with people, what are three things that you wish they would ask you that you normally have to volunteer or say, Hey, like the NV5600, hey, it's a little sloppy. They just don't ask you this stuff. I'm thinking, what can we give a listener to prepare when they're going out there and either looking you know, at dealerships or in the private um, sale market of things they should ask before they you know, hand over the money or you know, commit to something that you wish more people would ask you when they're shopping for a truck? Um, I wish they'd pull a Carfax. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I just saved myself for an auto check from people, other states don't recognize other states' title brands. So if you're going to a dealership, we have. But if a lot of people, you know, let's face it, market, uh, Facebook Marketplace has changed the way we buy. I mean, it is the new Craigslist. So spend the money, get the, get the report. Make sure everything in there is correct. You know, you, uh, I've had multiple people try to trade stuff in that actually have rebuilt titles from other states without, but you know, it comes to Kentucky and it shows they didn't, that's our state didn't recognize that state's rebuilt title. Yeah. Uh, one thing that, you know, people are always, I get more phone calls of people asking me, Hey, does the four wheel drive work after they bought it? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm like, you didn't, you didn't check this out beforehand. Always check that, you know, uh, you know, and, and when you start a vehicle, let it warm up before you pop the cap off. I can't tell you how many people start it and immediately go over there and pop that cap off and look for blow. I'm like, let this thing warm up a little bit, you know, and I, I try to, and when I sell something, I always let it warm up for a little bit and I'll do a full 360 video. So that way people go, Hey, you got a blow by video. And I'll send them the video of the blow by because that's something that they're just, they're so gun ho to look at, but they just, they don't wait long enough to do it. That's, that's really interesting. And like, so when you're looking for trucks, say, say you want to put uh, a seven, three on your lot. Do you look within the state? Do you branch out into other States? How does it work to acquire one? Um, actually I will buy from coast to coast. Um, the problem that I have right now is shipping is extremely high. Anything coming out of Texas is at least a thousand dollars, if not more. 
So you're looking at the area you're buying in. So if, if I'm buying out in Texas, I'm going to spend a little more. But if I go up north, you know, you can go to the northeast, you get something that somebody's patched up, already fixed. You know, I mean, it may have been garage kept up there. It's going to bring less money up there than it is down south. I mean, it's it's the Texas market and that southern market is just huge right now. So I actually stayed away from it a little bit. And I've actually, I hate to say buy all the stuff with a little more rust in it, but I have. I mean, it's to, to set that value of like 15K and down because it's extremely hard to do with these trucks right now. I mean, the market's just so high on them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the pricing's you know, really the key part. Like I can see on you know, different places, you can find a 30,000 mile truck, but you're going to pay 40 to 45 or maybe close to 50 for it. Um, and the market is, is just vastly so different than what I remember the last time, you know, that I was looking and, you know, I think about pricing. That's always the big thing is pricing, pricing, pricing. And a lot of times I'll see something for sale and the comments will just be filled with, oh, that's a $10,000 truck. That's a $15,000 truck. There's no way that's 30 K. I wanted to learn more about how the process of pricing works. Like I imagine it, you know, say five years ago, you'd buy something for, you know, 10 wholesale, you know, get it to the lot, get it where it's sellable condition. You're going to make some money on it. But people think that dealers are just gouging it for 10 or 15 or $20,000. and then putting oh, it for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in the good old days, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I made I made more money pre-COVID than I do now because the market is so strong. And every dealer, and years ago, it was just a couple of dealers around here. It's like, oh, we do diesel trucks. Other ones wanted nothing to do with them. And now they're like, oh, hey, that's a diesel truck. Like, you know what I mean? It, it can be a 6.5 Chevy. And they're like, I want 10 grand for it. I'm like, nobody's giving you 10. There was a local dealer here that had a uh, 92 IDI 7.3. They wanted 25 grand for it. Wow. I'm like, but it's not a real seven three. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's they. Some of these dealers get out of control. But like, so the way I price everything, we use something called MMR, which is Mannheim Market Report. So I do that, and I, you know, I have a rolodex in my mind of what I see stuff selling on marketplace. What you know, what the averages in my area, and go, hey, I can get this for you know, I can do this. So sometimes, like one guy will, you know, I mean, he'll over, he'll pay over wholesale. But in his market, he thinks, hey, that's fine. I can overpay for, you know, uh, this LML, and, but they're, I can't keep them on the lot. So I can overpay for this right now. Like, I have an LMM right now that I hate to say it. It's, it's red. It's, you know, I mean, it's not moving. It's just one of those trucks that you get. And just like, ah, oh, this thing's kind of sale, stale. And Chevys and GMCs in my area right now that are not cat eyes are not moving that well. But you can throw a 5.9 manual out on the lot. You know what I mean? You're getting calls from Wisconsin over this thing trying to come get it. Yeah, the the demand is is something that when I look around, I, I see is you know, really driving it. Like if, if you had, like you mentioned, the manual 5.9, they're, they're super popular. And if you had them, like a cash buyer come in, he might not care about the price. So he might pay that, you know, high, that higher dollar, but I think that's really, you know, kind of what drives it. And I've seen a lot, the seven, three market just kind of get reinvigorated. Like people, they, they don't want the six Oh, they don't want anything to do with a six, four. They don't want the emissions stuff and everything of a six, seven. 
but they want sort of the power potential, the reliability, the things they can do to that seven three, and that's where I think it's it's really blossomed a lot, or, or it's kind of it, it's grown. And I just see it from a podcast and chatting to listener perspective. Is is people want them? Yeah, I mean, I I call them Corvette buyers because a Corvette buyer wants everything perfect. Um, and I don't blame them for the price that they're spending. I mean, I think it's crazy that, I mean, I just sold one, what, a month ago. It was a 0373 four-door long bed. It was Lariat, but it was tan. One of my least favorite colors that Ford ever made was that champagne color. I can't stand it. But I bought it, you know. And the people that came and bought it were like, look, this is, you can't find this here in Kentucky this clean. I was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, you know, I mean, I hate that I'm high on it. I mean, and they walked in. I was like, no, I gotta, I'll, I'll take it. So like, this is the cleanest one we've looked at in months. I mean, they spent months trying to hunt down that truck. You know, yeah. they just wanted to clean 73. I mean, I had one last summer that was a, uh, this thing was cool. It was a Lariat Dually 7.3. Somebody swapped interior out, but it did have a rebuilt title. Uh, swapped the interior out for the new style King Ranch seats in there. Absolutely gorgeous. Guy came in. I was like, you know, I mean, it was. I was just starting. I was scared. You know, I was like, God, ah, I got to sell some stuff. So I just like, ah, I'll throw it up at thirteen five. And I was like, this thing ought to move at thirteen five. Yeah. Two days later, the guy was like, Hey, I'm taking. I'm I'm on my way to come pick this truck up. I got cash. You know, what I mean, and it was gone. I mean, they move like wildfire, but they want them clean. Um, that the first one I had was rusty. It was old farm truck. Had a half million miles on it. You know, flatbed, L tank on it. And I was like. Somebody needs a good farm truck. It was a little harder to move because, you know, you got the mileage, it's rougher. AC worked in it, but, you know, I mean, it was just rough. They would rather spend an extra $10,000 more and just get a clean truck ready to go. Uh, a lot of these guys I'm seeing, I mean, they're just, they're wanting to do wheels, tires on them, pull a camper, pull, pull their boat. I mean, they just want something older that's cool to drive. You know, I mean, I don't want to be seen in a little car beating around unless it's my beater. You know, I mean, they want something cool to drive. So, I mean, and these guys walk in, pay cash. They're generally in their 30s to 50s. You get them in their 20s every now and then, but these were nostalgic vehicles for them, or that was the truck that they always wanted in high school or in college. That was that was a cool truck, or their grandfather had that truck. And, you know, it's a big market right now. That's one of the toughest things, I, I, I think, for somebody younger than me to relate to is back then, Diesel trucks weren't what they are now. There weren't, there was, there was always that one guy or that one friend you had <clears throat> where it was garage kept, it was waxed, it was always nice, it was never driven in the snow. But by and large, most of them were used for work, whether construction, farming, hot shotting, yeah. they were really work. So it's tough to step back 20 years to a completely different sort of market and find a 15,000 mile garage kept 734 wheel drive. <laughs> Yeah. Have truck it, it's just hard to find that they're, they are out there but they're tough to find well we called them throwaway trucks because you know i mean when we were in high school and i really got in this i was like man we're gonna be buying these 12 valves for a couple grand you know what i mean they're not gonna be bad shape yeah i mean find me a 12 valve that's in good shape for a couple of grand now i mean it's <laughs> it's nuts uh, one of the first ones actually everyone looked at and I'm, I'm gonna show my age here i was uh it was 06 yeah, it was 06 2006 First diesel truck I actually ever went to go look at was a single cab red dually 7.3. And the only reason I didn't buy it was because the window didn't roll up. And he's like, the salesman's like, hey, I got you another truck right over here. And it was the second gen I wound up buying. 
in hindsight, I probably should have bought the seven three. It'd been cheaper in my pocketbook because you know I had to have injectors, pump, you know the whole whole kit and caboodle. But I mean, it was I still I still see that truck around town from time to time. And I should have bought that truck. That truck was cool. I mean, that, that truck would be worth a fortune now if it was as clean as it was back then. Oh yeah. Well, it makes it really hard now to, you know, I'll go to a, a dealership or something or you know, something like that, and I'll see these new trucks, and they're, they have a ton of technology. There's so many things on them that are really cool, and I love technology. And then I look at the price tag, and it's 75, 85, 108,000. And I compare that to something, you know, even if it was this immaculate barn kept sort of lower mileage truck, and if it's 30, 40,000, 45, it's a heck of a lot cheaper and simpler than what I'm going to go buy new. And that's where I think the wheels get spinning. And then we, we focus on the brands, like you mentioned, it could be maybe, you know, our dad had it or grandfather, or we just love the way that it looked, but we were 18 to 22 or 23 and broke and didn't have the money to go buy a new one back then. So, but now we have some money. I I looked at them all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's where the wheels get spinning. And, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, I'd say is the scariest part for me is uh, buying a used truck is I, you know, say I look at the Carfax or, or, or something like that and it doesn't show any accidents. It doesn't show any things. I love the tip you gave about a magnet. Because I always think, what if I get it home and what if I notice the door's a little off, the fender's a little off, or if something's a little bit different, and then the wheels start spinning. I think, well, what else didn't I know? What else wasn't on that report? What what other things am I going to find? And that's in 20 years of ownership, who, know, who knows how many owners you know that the truck's been through, who drove it. There could have been some things that happened. So I think that could definitely help at least avoid the things you don't expect, which is yeah. a big thing. And and that's something that we uh, we all get buyer's remorse. I bought a brand new Dodge Dually in ten, and I hated it. Two weeks later, hated that thing. And don't know why. I actually traded for a six zero. I hated it so much. <laughs> but we all get buyer's remorse, and it's one of those things that you know, like I was going, like I alluded to earlier, just time. I mean, time is something. To walk around it. Make sure the lights work. I mean, you can tell. So I have a theory on vehicles, and I do this for every vehicle that my wife I buy for my wife. It has to have, if it's used, it has to have weather techs in it because nobody, if somebody, you get in a vehicle and it has weather techs in there, somebody takes care of a vehicle. If you're spending $300, $400 on a set of formats, yeah, Michelin's, you know, they didn't go by the eBay tire and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with eBay tires, but they, you know, they bought the best tire in their mind that was going to last that vehicle for a long time. Uh, if I'm buying them from the auction, I will buy a truck if it has a full tank, because that means they weren't expecting to trade that truck in that day. I mean, nobody trades in a full full tank of fuel. So, I mean, it's small, small little things like that, that, you know, that can make a big difference. And I'm not saying you can't buy a lemon because, you know, I mean, it's easy, easy done. I mean, I, I, I got one up on the hill right now that, you know, I need to get rid of that, you know, it was a three owner clean truck out of Texas that, you know, oil leak come in, transmissions going out in third, you know, I mean, you just, sometimes you buy a bad truck. So I don't turn those out on the lot. Those go to some other dealership and I hope, hope none of your followers buy that thing. But those, you know, it's just. Those are some really good tips. Cause I was thinking when you, when you said that about some of the things that I haven't looked for, some of the things I've done as a truck owner, I'll spend a little extra for you know, tires that I think are good or, <laughs> 
I'll put the weather techs in and it's not fun spending that much on floor mats, but it's just, you know, little things like that that I didn't think to, to really look at, you know, I'm kind of focused on the body, um, you know, the engine, is there a weird turbo sound, is the transmission shuttle shift yeah. or kind of flare on the shift. But if somebody took the time to do some of those smaller things, they probably did the bigger things too. Uh, you can go as far as so, I mean, like I was seven three, if there's a Ford filter on it, that man cares. You know, I'm not saying that there aren't other filters that are just as good, but in his mind, he's going, I'm trying to maintain this truck like the factory would for the longevity of this vehicle. And it's small stuff like that. And you, and I mean, like I alluded to earlier, I mean, that truck that had a half million miles on it, those trucks have been taken care of. I mean, maintenance is always key. I think that's one thing that people overlook is maintenance, especially on the longevity of a diesel motor. I mean, I had a friend who bought a six, seven and never changed the fuel filter in it. And he's like, Hey, my truck quit running. I was like, Hey, I bet your, uh, I bet your CP4 went out because you probably never changed your filter. Right. And he's like, no, I never, I didn't know I was going to have to. And I was like, you got to change your fuel filter. I mean, it's a, this is maintenance here. And those are small things like that make a big difference. You know, and also won't buy a kid on truck. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but I'm not going to a 12 year old buying the truck running either. You know, stack holes, anything like that, I stay away from. <laughs> I, uh, I, I know there's a lot of listeners, they might not be in the market for a 7.3, they might be in the market for a Duramax or Cummins, or just a fan, because our listeners, it's almost like a third, a third, a third of each, of each kind of brand. And I know we could do whole episodes on, you know, Cummins and Duramax, but are the things that you look for in those trucks very similar? Is it, what we've chatted about for tips, do they apply to all makes and brands? I'm sure there's going to be little things that are kind of different, but, but do they? Yeah, they all apply. They all rust. Number one thing in all these vehicles, they all rust. But I'm trying to think across the board, the only vehicles, and I, and I always tell people, I won't sell you something that I haven't personally owned myself. So the only vehicle I don't put on my lot is a 6.4. Um, so like I've had them over the years, I've worked on, you know, and these are just things over the years, but they're all pretty, they're pretty much the same. Some of them have different weird quirks, like uh, older Dodges had in a four door Dodge, the way they put the wiring harness through to the back door, the wires break in there. So if you get one, you, you go look at one and the window won't roll up in the rear. Odds are it's probably not the switch. It could be a switch, but odds are the wiring harness for the rear door has gone back because the wires are broken. Um, but you know, somebody's like, oh man, this could be a big deal, big problem. They're really not that hard to do. I mean, you spend an hour doing one, get them done. Um, anything, you know, I mean, if we're on dodges, you know, transmission. You know, yeah. drive, drive the piss out of a Dodge transmission. You know, I mean, uh, Allison's are pretty straightforward on the Duramax. You know, I mean, unless somebody's just absolutely trashed that thing, they're fine. I mean, the Duramax is a killer platform, even though I'm a Ford guy, I hate to admit it. But Duramax is a great platform. I mean, it's been steady through all the years. I mean, you had some LOIs have head gasket issues. So, you know, when you get it hot and get it warm. You know, reach up there and grab that radiator hose and make sure that, you know, I mean, it's not hard as a rock. Make sure you get, you know, you, and that's hard for me to explain it, you know, without doing it. But it's, you know, there's a feel to it that you don't want it to be rock hard. Uh, you got an LB, uh, LB7. Smell the oil. Make sure you don't smell diesel in it because, you know, I mean, you know, as well as I do, and I'm sure a lot of the people on here know, you smell Injectors. oil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Injectors. Gosh, you know, it's 
you know, they're just funny little quirks in each one of them. And, you know, it's uh, reading YouTube. This podcast is a great, you know, I mean, resource to learn more about these trucks. Is there, I was thinking, it, it was funny, and we were chatting about uh, having our conversation today. And I said, uh, you know, when somebody's really honed in on Ford and they're looking for a 7.3, maybe you don't have one. Do they just immediately go to like, oh, well, I'll take a 6.0 because they don't want the 6.4 or 6.7. You're like, nope. If they're set on a 7.3, they want a 7.3 yeah. and that's what they want. But I'm thinking, about the, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about the guy who does want a 6.0 and the perception, because if you Google like 6.0 power stroke, reliability or longevity or anything like that, you're going to find stuff for 10 or 15 years on them. Do you shy away from buying those or putting them on lot or? Once again, I'm going to catch hate for this. 6.0 is the most underrated diesel platform available because you can buy them. You think anything from, you know, we'll say 05, 06, you know, uh, what was it? Yeah, 05, they switched to the newer style grill and interior. One of my favorite body styles. I actually just sold an 07 King Ranch that I had for a year and a half. It was my personal truck. It was studded, you know, deleted every, you know, the whole King Caboodle. But I had zero issues out of them. I've had multiple through the year. I had a, uh, had another 06 probably 10 years ago that I absolutely loved, and it wasn't studded. Had no issues. And that thing probably, I think it had 130 on it when I got rid of it. But as far as the most underrated aspect of it, you look at a, the price of a Dodge or a Duramax, you're buying a 6.0 for a lot less money. And if you can find one for less money that somebody's done the studs, the EGR lead on it, you know, they, they've taken care of it. So I'm not saying you're not going to have issues with it because, you know, it is a 6.0 and it, there is that possibility, but you're, you're buying, you're buying at a lot greater discount. You know, the only issue that I've ever had with any of them that I've ever sold was I sold one to a guy that had, um, had like 320,000 miles on it, bought it out of an auction. Actually talked to the guy that had it before, after I bought it out of the auction, talked to, I found the owner, talked to him. He's like, I was like, why'd you get rid of this truck? He's like, well, I got kids and it's an extended cab. So I just wanted a little more room. I was like, all right. So I used it on the farm for six months. I sold it to a guy and he calls me six months later and he says, hey, you sold me a, a limit. Like, How did I sell you a limit? He's like, the, um, the heater cord just went out. I said, you're calling me on a 6.0 with 307,000 miles to complain to me that your heater cord went out. I was like, man, you got and that's the worst of your problems today. <laughs> you know, I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm still in disbelief. He called me. He wanted me to replace it six months later. I'm like, but you got a 6.0 with 300,000 miles on it. I was like, how's the truck running? He said, oh man, that truck runs great. But the heater cord went out. I'm like, I don't know where this is my problem today. <laughs> I think that that's a really good point you made. Cause if you're looking in that, that, uh, you know, 03 to 07 range and you look at a five, nine or an LBZ or LB seven or LLY and the price of them is just, they used to be, you could get into them for not a whole lot. And now you look on the used market and it's, it's crazy. Um, and you know, if you want something pre DPF, and you know, a little bit more power or, or you know i guess it depends what you want to use it for but you know, the six o's we have a following and they let me know when they yeah. want to hear content about six o's and they want to know more about them so i was curious um and that, that was really interesting you know as well when i asked you like well, do they gravitate towards a six you're like nope they're they want a seven three they want a seven three and <laughs> yeah. the corvette buyers that's what they they know exactly what they want it may not be the color they want but they know what they want. And they, they will, I've seen guys, I talked to one, I think he was looking for eight months. 
I've had the last one I had, I had people calling me from Maine, uh, Utah, or the uh, Minnesota. I mean, they they will call from all over the country for these trucks. And I and I tell people, I'm like, hey, if you want this, and I hate to be, I'm using my car salesman here, but I'm like, if you want it, you need to call and put a deposit down on it right now. And I'm like, well, I don't want to put a deposit. I'm like, well, that's fine. If you if you want the truck, this is what it takes to get it. You're gonna to have to just hold the truck for a couple of days and get down here to get it. Yeah. Because they just if they're clean, they will not last. I mean, they're gone. Yeah. I, mean, they're... I, I see that all the time. Something will pop up for sale and it can be gone in a few days or less than a week. And it's, if you see something, you got to act on it quick or check it out or, you know, you know, get it going. Um, it was really cool to get these insights from me. Cause I, like I said, it, I'm an outsider and I'm just like, why are the prices so high? Or, you know, why is it this? Or why is it that? Or somebody asked me what to look for on a seven three. I'm like, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never owned one. I've never you know, gone to buy one. I don't know. So there was a lot of really good, a lot of really good tips that you gave. And I'm sure someone listening is like, man, I've wanted a seven three. Um, how can I get in contact with Kyle? Or I got questions for him, or maybe it's a different make and model that they're interested in. How can people find you on social media or reach out to you and ask a question? So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and drop my website in there. It's I drive a diesel.com. Make it simple because nobody can spell prepper. So, <laughs> uh, and I'm on, TikTok and Facebook. It's just Kyle Krupper on TikTok or Krupper Auto Sales. You know, um, it, it's not, it's adult content on there. And then Facebook, you can see everything I have coming in. Everything I have always goes on Facebook and TikTok before it ever hits the website. So, and I will put in full descriptions. I'll give, I'll give rough ideas on what stuff's going to be before I post it. And that way you can just kind of put it on your radar and go, hey, he's got this one coming in. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to us and, and brainstorming an episode with us and then giving some really good tips that people can use when they're out there looking for a used diesel truck or you know, maybe they want something and just want to give you a heads up. Hey, if you see this, you know, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm in the market. So I appreciate you chatting with us today. And maybe in the future, we'll have to do a, how to buy a 5.9 common rail or how to buy a LB7 LBZ Duramax. And if anybody's got any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Marketplace or on Facebook or TikTok. If you've got any questions on like, hey, you're having an issue with a deal or anything like that, I'm, I'm here to help. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 20diesel for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some cool gear. There's a bunch of new models that Kershaw Knives have, have released this year. The Duralock models are the latest. They're really cool the way they open. Keep your finger away from the the blade when you open and close. It's made of D2 steel, so it's an awesome knife. Check it out. Uh, it's priced right, and it's a great way to be able to save some money with the 20% off site-wide code that they're offering just for diesel podcast listeners. Also, WP Developments, they build a ton of different transmissions, really at the cutting edge of technology and innovation with some things that they're working on, like the 68 RFE manual valve body we chatted with them about. If you've got some transmission questions, looking for something, whether it's for a daily driver, a race truck, anything in between, head on over to wp-developments.com, check out what they got, and hit them up if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to chat with you guys. I also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel um j cole john we appreciate all of their support all of you who subscribe on youtube podcast apps um are on our discord tiktok facebook instagram we love hearing from you guys um we thrive on your guys' support and look forward to bringing you more episodes that you guys want to hear in 2023 until next time keep the shiny side up